We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my co-host, the man in charge of the beast, that is Niners Nation, Kyle freaking Posey, also known as KP. How are you, Kyle? Doing great, man. Um, Got to watch some football for a week. It was fun. Got to watch some high-level football for a week, too, so... I'm um, doing well. Glad to be back, though. Uh, back to the real world. How about you, man? How was your weekend? It's good, bro. It was good. I'm trying to... Dude, I literally, like... I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but I feel like my memory is, like... If it happened yesterday, I've already forgotten about it. <laughs> like, it's over with. I have only so much memory. It's so, so only so much storage up there. Once, like, one or two days, I feel like shit just... But anyways, no, my weekend was good, man. My weekend was good. I had our fantasy draft. I had our fantasy draft last night, which, you know, obviously there's so many different types of leagues. And but when I say fantasy draft, I'm talking like 100 bucks a person, winner take all, 1,200 bucks at the end of the season. Everybody on the team is sharp. You can't get away with nothing. Um, So like when you go into a draft weekend, like you have to have your shit together, or you will get rolled. And, you know, I did a lot of research. I had a big board. I, I, you know, I crossed out everybody that was already kept. And then, like, I ran through all these different scenarios. Because, I mean, you think 1200 bucks, you know, like, it's, it's a good amount of cash. Oh, yeah. And it's only going up. So, I did pretty well, though. Do you want to hear my, my lineup? Do you want to hear it? You know I do. Okay. Because I love it when people post their lineup on Twitter. <laughs> so. All right. So, my keepers heading into the year were Alvin Kamara and Terry McLaurin. Okay. The Off cool thing about start. Alvin Kamara is I drafted him before his rookie season in like the 14th round, and I have kept him his whole career. Because Amazing. going back, trying to keep this interesting for y'all, who did the Saints trade up with to draft Alvin Kamara? Dun, dun, dun. 
the San Francisco 49ers. So they gave up a second round pick the following year to move up in that draft to go get Kamara. So I'm sitting there and I wasn't like feeling like a genius, but I was like, the Saints are going to do something with this guy. You don't just give up second round picks for a player that you do not see a a specific rolling. So I was like, I'm going to draft him. I got the like, who, you know, that sort of shit. Um, And I've uh, kept him ever since. We have it to where you get the 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 year you keep your player, you get him for where you drafted him, and then every year after that, it goes up two rounds. So I drafted him in like the fourteenth round, and this year he was my fourth round keeper. So I've just been pillaging the value department with Kamara. Milking it. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, I Terry McLaurin was my last round pick because I got him off of waivers. So. I didn't think he was going to be good coming out of college. I, I had some big time questions about him. And then, what were your questions? Because I uh, really liked him. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't think <laughs> it sounds stupid now. I didn't think he was going to be able to separate. Um, I didn't like the way he ran his routes, and I think people were just gassing him up because of what he did in the Senior Bowl. Um, I, I was putting out videos of just him struggling, and it was either to get it in and out of his breaks or just little things. And uh, after one half of football, I was like, nope, that is wrong, and he's going to be very good. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a clean receiver, man. He, he, I like it. Yeah, he's he's going to be top ten. He's really, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like – what I like about him is – I mean, his route running is tremendous. He's got good hands. But nothing about his physical stature is, like, elite. You know, he's good. He's quick, but he just wins in all the ways you would like to see a receiver win. I agree. Dude, 100%. The dude competes for the ball like he's five inches taller, runs good routes, doesn't drop the ball. It's like every way you want to see a receiver do his damn thing. All right. So, anyways, um, quarterback is Kyler Murray. Sorry, 49ers fans, but he does score points. Then I have my two running backs are Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. And this is when it got good because we have a three receiver league. So your receivers have got to be, you know, you got to have some receivers. My three receivers are Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley, and uh, fucking Robinson. Alan? Forgetting. Yes, Alan Robinson. It should be better this year. Right. Um, Calvin Ridley, unreal wide receiver. Uh, so just by right. talking about route running, and he's probably going to get a lot of credit this year just because there's no Julio. And, I mean, fantasy people are aware of how good he is just because of the numbers that he puts up. But Ridley is just one of the more fun receivers to watch because he's always, always open. Right. Yeah, he's good. He's he's good for a lot of the same ways Terry McLaurin is. A little quicker, you know, a little more explosive, but they're both just so good. Um, went with a little sleeper action at tight end and TJ Hawkinson from – Detroit, because they got rid of all their, their, um, you know, like Kenny Galladay is gone, Marvin Jones is gone, and now they have apparently, Jared Goff, uh, and he's just going to throw the tight end over and over. Yeah, apparently in practice, that's all he's doing is throwing Tarkinson. Right. So, uh, and then my flex is Jarvis Landry, and I can move him around. I drafted Michael Carter, the Jets' new oh, running yeah. back. Um, who I think is gonna is gonna emerge as the number one dude, and then there's some couple other good ones in there. But but um, I can we sidebar real that. quick? Yeah, of course, man. That's obviously all we're doing right now. <laughs> we're six minutes in, haven't talked about the 49ers. Who cares? Speaking of though, rookie quarterbacks, uh, Zach Wilson. If you read the things that are coming out of camp from him, not good. Like not really good at all. Yeah, he's. 
apparently he's holding the ball, throwing a bunch of interception, and he just, just doesn't look confident at all. Man, okay. Well, the hype train for, like, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, very, very good. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, very, very good. Uh, not so much for old Zachary. Now, I wonder, I mean, you got to wonder, too. He's obviously not stepping into a great situation. Not, like, not talking about Robert Sala. Not talking about McDaniel. Um, not McDaniel. LaFleur? Um, LaFleur, there you go. Uh, he's got good coaching, but... How much talent's the guy got around him? True. You know, uh, apparently, so. Denzel Mims on the hot seat too. Really? A pro football talk reported that he's on the verge of being cut, which is wild. Yeah, that would be wild. That would be wild. Trevor Trevor Lawrence is looking good. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is just supposed looking to be looking like good. Trevor Lawrence, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. Jags are going to be a lot better this year. I think. I, so. I mean, they'll they'll have their rookie quarterback lumps, but I think that they're just they're making good moves, decent moves. They'll get there. Um, so anyways, should we talk about the 49ers? Let's, let's do that. Okay. So you just got back to Arizona. You've been at camp for like the last like week. Um, you have any, like, uh, before we get into like specifics, you have any, like, what did you come away with, man? Like what, like who, now that you've left camp, you're back home. What are some players that are like, I don't know, just stuck in your mind for one reason or another? So Alex Mack, I mean, you can just tell what he means to the offensive line. And he's going to make a big difference for them. I think the depth along the defensive line is going to keep guys fresh. And obviously, you know, some of the big dogs haven't played. But I think guys like Arden Key, guys like Maurice Hurst, consistent every day, winning, winning, winning. So um, they're going to be able to play a lot. I think the speed on the defense, um, they made life hell for the first team every day, it seemed like. Um, until later on, you know, as over these last few days, the offense started to get it going a little bit, which is to be expected because, you know, defense starts or it's not, it's an easier start for the defense in training camp. But still, I think they're going to be a really, really good unit. Um, Jason Fred, really good. Nice to have Emmanuel Mosley back. But uh, the lines and then the speed on defense was the, the biggest, um, the biggest thing that stands out. Um, one specific, I would say, is that you could tell the best wide receiver far and away is Brandon Ayuk. Right. That's and so I mean like I guess I kind of always assumed that he was gonna move past Debo Samuel as like goddamn, but like is is it pretty clear that he's already there? Yeah, we're there. There's no doubt about it. Um and just based on slight, the that's not a slight to Debo Samuel. No. I don't think that is at all. And I don't think it should be taken as that. I think it's just recognizing Eric is very, very good. Um, I think he's just a better route runner. He can win at multiple levels. Uh, he gets off the line of scrimmage really well. I mean, if Verrett's following anybody, it's going to be Ayuk in practice. So I think that tells you anything. But you can just see that he's just more comfortable just with physicality. Just um, He's not – he doesn't struggle with contact. And I think that was something that was an issue last year. He's just really good, man. If he doesn't have a thousand yards this year, it'd be very surprising. Yeah, man. He's my he's my boldest prediction, right? Fourteen hundred yards. I love that. And Debo feeding off of him like would be a strong number two. So you have those three with Kittle. Um, yeah, they're going to be tough. Right. Right. Yeah, and um, 
I think that that going into camp, I expected the defensive line to be a problem. You know, like I know that we're all still kind of collectively getting over the DeForest Buckner trade, but I feel I felt like this would be the first year. Not that you would forget about him, because I have no doubt that he's going to do insane things in Indianapolis, but where it would be clear that the 49ers defensive line is still in great shape without him. Would they be better with him? Of course, no one's saying that. I mean, I'm the. There's a a room with a thousand people, all 49ers fans. I'm DeForest Buckner's biggest fan in the room. Okay, promise, promise you that. But they still have a ton of talent in that group and guys that are underrated, like you're saying, Mo Hurst and apparently Zach Kerr has been doing pretty well. And then the fact that D Ford is is emerging into something legitimate. You know, like a guy that we'd almost written off as it sounded like he was ready to retire. It sounded like the back was too much. Could he still have issues? Of course, we've seen that. But his emergence, and then, you know, they added Samson Ebukam. And obviously, you've got Nick Bosa, who's starting to ease his way back into things. Uh, it's just, it's going to be an insane group. Have you, did you see anything for DJ Jones while you were there? Oh, yeah. And I mean, just all of these guys you're naming. So DJ Jones, he just finds ways to win. I think he's just really good for the run. But he has flashes as a pass rusher, man. He's he's quick. Um, what about quick in those short areas. But I just I want to get to D Ford because that's the guy like that's who is winning and winning consistently. And I think he only gets credit well, because he plays on passing downs. People think of him as, you know, just like only a speed rusher. But he has a little little pop and power, man. And he's. He's, he's really pretty thick. good against the run. Like he's really good against the run, actually. Um, he, I mean, he was beating McGlinchey pretty good just over the past week or so. Not so much on the other side, but nobody really beats that guy over there. So, <laughs> right. I mean, that's not a slight D Ford, but kind of just yeah. a wasteland of, of failed pass. <laughs> Seriously, <rushers>. man, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. That just nobody gets him except Arden Key, which is ridiculous. It's the, it's the opposite of what you would expect. Yes. Um, what about Kevin Givens? Not as much from him last week. Um, and I think he's more of a guy who's just going to affect the actual game where he can just run really fast and blow shit up. I think that's <laughs> the best way to describe Kevin that's Gibbs. Like, that's like my life. <laughs> Take a little bit less steps. than a fast, but I love blowing shit up. <laughs> Take three steps one direction and just wreak havoc. That's a the good way to describe Givens. No, he's good. He's gonna make the team, but he's not really like a guy who's going to stand out in practice, whereas a guy like Arden Key with speed around the edge or a guy like Maurice Hurst who just kind of wins true. quick. That yeah, is true. So, um but I think the best yeah, just seeing these guys against the Chiefs will be good. So Javon Kinlaw. Uh, when he does play, because he's been on a little bit of a maintenance plan, trying to keep him fresh because of his leg soreness or whatever he's been going through, um, he's been very, very active, very, very uh, disruptive. So, yeah, we're just naming a bunch of names. We haven't named Bosa. We haven't named Armstead. Who like Armstead hasn't had it. He's been very good, and that's another guy who's kind of picked on old Mike McGlinchey there, but um, just a, a yeah, sound, be better for sound guy. Yeah, yeah, he, like. Think about McGlinchey, man. Think about the people that he's going up against. Think about the quality of talent that he's going up against. So right. I imagine he's not going to see that very often. No, you could do a lot worse than than D Ford and Samson Nebucom all the time and whoever else. Like that's just that's all good work. Is uh McGlinchey noticeably uh thicker? I know that was something people were talking about. 
Yeah, you can tell he's heavier uh, for sure. Um, I, I don't think it took away from you know any of his athleticism at all. He honestly looks a lot like the same player, though. I don't know that you know you can you can see the strength transfer just yet, and it's not as if you know giving up the edge was something that he was a strength. So it's it's a lot of the same um, for better and for worse, though. So it's not like I don't I never thought he was as poorly as other people thought he was, but um, he's just kind of a guy out there. <laughs> he's just a dude. He's just a yep. man in the world trying to, <laughs> trying to do his thing. Um, I guess the next best thing or the next thing that people are going to expect to hear is uh, I would say the the quarterback competition has kind of made a turn towards the less exciting but more expected realm of things. Would you agree? I would. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy took the reins back. The Trey Lance hype train was a bit – it was – Overboard. It was getting ready to go overboard, and before it did, Jimmy kind of took the reins back and took control. So he's beat. He's had a better day um, Sunday, Saturday, and Friday. So he pretty much just won the last three days of practice. And it's not for a few of those days. It wasn't as if he was lighting it up. It was just him doing the things you would expect Jimmy Garoppolo to do, whereas Lance was just inconsistent or his timing was off. Um, it just didn't seem like – I don't know. It just—it seemed like he was in a bit of a rut. Would be the best way to describe it. And I think the fans and Levi Stadium on Saturday was great for Jimmy. I think he really fed off that, and that sounded like it kind of trickled into Sunday's practice, where he was—you know—he had another solid day, strong day. So we will see if that continues. I, I mean, it is what we expect, but do we expect this to go back and forth, where it's three days Trey, three days Jimmy? And maybe that maybe that's the case. But, you know, when, when games come, I think that's going to have uh, give us a better idea because they're going against, I mean, the same old guys. And it's I know they're tired of doing that. So getting a good look, getting a different look will be uh, big news for both those guys. Yeah. And we haven't heard from I mean, we're less than a week out. We're six days out from the 49ers first preseason game this Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs at Levi's Stadium. Um, in the evening at 5.30. So obviously I'm assuming that the, the, the questions in regards to the preseason are probably going to start coming up for, for Kyle Shanahan. But I really, at this point, I have no idea how much Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play. I have no idea how much Trey Lance is going to play. Is Jimmy going to get a quarter? Trey Lance is going to get two. And then, you know, the rest get the last quarter. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. How what would you do if you were coaching? First game. Um, it it would depend where my mindset was. If I if I felt like it was truly a, a competition that either quarterback could win, I would whatever time they would get, I would split it evenly. You know, I would I would go Jimmy Garoppolo for a quarter, Trey Lance for a quarter. But if I felt like Jimmy Garoppolo's the guy, Trey Lance needs some reps, then I would kind of do what I just said: Jimmy Garoppolo for a quarter. And then maybe Trey Lance for the next two, meaning second, third, you know, just get him more time. Is that what you'd do if it was 65 35? Let's say it's 65 35. Yeah, Jimmy. I think that's probably what I'd lean no matter what. It's give Jimmy Garoppolo a quarter. You know, he doesn't need much. He's got plenty of experience. And then just use the preseason as time for Trey Lance to take his lumps, make strides forward, whatever the, the product we see is. Just get, Trey Lance hasn't played football in like a year, you know, other than that one game 
where, you know, it, it, he just needs action. So give him time out there. It, I'm not, you're not necessarily at a point where like Trey Lance getting hurt, knock on wood, but that's what everybody's worried about in the preseason is somebody prominent getting hurt. You're not necessarily as worried about that as you maybe normally would be. So you can give him some snaps, like give him some serious time. You know, don't show Trey Lance for a couple drives and then put him away. That to me doesn't make sense. It doesn't really help him either, right? No, it it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't help him. It, it doesn't make sense given his story and, and his his pathway up until now. So, um, if you, if Kyle Shanahan really does truly expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starting quarterback going into Week One, which I would say still all signs are kind of pointing towards that, give him a quarter. And then throw Trey Lance out there for a while. Like, who gives a shit about the quarterbacks after Trey Lance? Like, like <laughs> people like, do. It's wild. People ask all the time, "Hey, how's Sudfield look? How's Rosen look?" For those of you who have never seen Rosen play or still have these expectations that he's a first rounder, he throws some of the worst passes that you will ever see. And what's <laughs> crazy about it is, like, aesthetically, right as it leaves it his hand. It looks great. It looks beautiful. And he has a rocket, too. So it looks good up until a defender steps right in front of him or he's staring down the receiver and it's an interception. He, uh, Kyle Shannon even mentioned that he's trending the right way. He said he had a strong start, but he, he's just regressed. And you can see it, man. I'm, and it's not as if the lights are too bright. It's not as if he's going against, you know, the, the best of the best, the 49ers' first team to even their subs. So uh, it's not looking good for Rosen, for those of you wondering out there. Right, and I'm not saying who gives a shit about them as people. I'm just saying, sure. look, the 49ers have two starting quarterbacks, essentially. One of them hasn't played a whole lot of football. Give him plenty of burn. The dangerous part of that, at least from a fan's perspective, is they're letting Trey Lance play more because they kind of think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter, and they want to give Trey Lance some experience. Well, if Trey Lance lights it up, then everybody's going to be like, how is Jimmy still the starter when Jimmy's not even out there? So it could just get funny. You know, if Trey Lance does Trey Lance things, then it, the, the conversation's going to be uh, awesome. But I think that, that Trey Lance, if when you add up how much playing time all of these quarterbacks get throughout the preseason, the three games, Trey Lance should have twice as much as any other quarterback. At least. To I 100% agree. So... You, he's your future. You are investing in him. This is a great time for him to get live reps to play against a different defense. For you to script, like, what do you want to see? Do you want him to see? Uh, do you want to see Lance in like a two-minute drill? Do you want to see him in a four-minute offense? Do you want to see um, him in hurry up or whatever it is? You, you know, whatever your packages may be. If you want to see some of those plays live, because we're starting to see more and more running plays uh, unveiled at practice or different types of running designs with Lance, and they're all really, really fun to watch, man. So. Uh, he, he's getting he's doing very well in that regard. There there are issues with the mesh point. He's fumbled um, pretty much every day in practice when it comes to the mesh point exchanges with Wayne Gallman on Sunday. I believe it was Jamichael Hasty. So he might he may have uh, five fumbled exchanges in the last week, which obviously if that happens in a game, it's bad, bad. And if it's happening in practice and Kyle Shannon mentioned that they want to work the kinks out and whatnot. And that's why you practice so you can see it and they can get you know, repetitions on those mesh exchanges. But if there's no trust in the mesh in the exchange because you think they're going to put the ball on the ground, you're not going to call it, which takes away a lot of his value, doesn't it? Yeah, right. It does. It does. It's just 
get the guy some time, you know, like sure. some, it's, it really just comes down to that, man. Just get him out there. And the odds are good that, especially when you're going against a defense, it's probably not first stringers, but they're also not expecting, they're not the 49ers defense that one is good and two has a beat on every play you run. So the odds are, I mean, you're talking about Kyle Shanahan called place. So the odds are good that they're going to look good. It's just, and, and get, you know, and that'll give them some gas, some competition, you know, some, some uh, momentum going forward, whether that, whether he's going to use that to just fight for more time on the field. Cause Kyle Shanahan, and this is important, has already basically come out and said like, we will Trey, we will, we will, we will Trey play. We will play <laughs> Trey this season. Like yeah, he is playing. going to play. Oh, yeah. So Kyle Shanahan has already embraced, whether it's a tra- uh, Trey Lance package, whether it's entire drives or sections of the field, or you know, th- just opening himself up for a genuine competition throughout the season. Which, if you feel like both of you guys, both of your quarterbacks are good, then go at it. I don't care as long as one of them isn't costing you a game. That's fine. Um, but it sounds like no matter what, no matter who technically walks out on the field for Week One, we're going to see both. How much? Don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. But did, did you see? Um, I, I believe it was Matt Merrick and John Lynch, and he said that Hall of Famers are hitting him up, asking him about Lance. It was. Uh, Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, I think a few other guys. Like, how how good is that for Lynch's ego to know that you know just right now, no games have been played yet that people want to know about the pick that he right. just made. You should Lynch should say, look, Calvin, I'll tell you, but you got to come put on a, <laughs> right. put on a uniform, man. I know you still got it. Oh, we'll make you our it? we'll make you our move tight end, and you will get a thousand yards. Calvin Johnson is thirty five years old. That is nuts. It doesn't matter. No, I'm saying it feels like he's been retired for like 27 years. It does, dude. It does. And obviously 38, 35-year-old football players exist, but it's just like – Well, I mean, he just retired on his terms. And, I, you know, I, I, over time, a lot more has come out about his horrible relationship with the Lions. And, he, I mean, just the other day he said, like, I still haven't forgiven them. So Did you, um, So they offered him – they offered to pay him 500000 500 k a year for 28 hours a week of work, and he said, nope, I'm good. That's how much he hates the Lions, man. Right. It's about, I mean, it's about principle for him. And a guy that good should not have to retire early. Like, obviously, you'd rather see him retire early than late. But at the same time, like, you can't deprive the world of a man that good. And the Lions did it with Barry fucking Sanders, too. What the hell is it with that place? They just ruined two Hall of Fame. They must have been bad, bad. They must have been unbearable to work with. Dreading at your going retirement was like, what the hell? Yeah. So I don't know what's going on over there, but good luck, Jared Goff. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. I don't know, but yeah, I love, I love, man, Calvin Johnson, dude. Twelve hundred yards at Georgia Tech with Red. Do you remember Reggie Ball? Yeah, yeah. With Reggie Ball at quarterback, man. Just, Just throw it up, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and he made it work like every time. Yep, yep. Was there anybody – was anybody ever worried – getting back on track here. Was anybody ever worried about George Kittle and his lack of training camp production? Did you ever care? No. Like, I, I took it as, you know, they're just trying to get everybody else involved. Like, we know who he is. And sure enough, pretty much when Friday hit – or whenever after they took the had the day off, but yeah, so they had a break on Thursday, then they practiced Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sure enough, George Kittle makes plays Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So um, we we've seen, and it wasn't just uh, like checkdowns or out routes or whatnot. It was George Kittle running deep and beating two guys on a deep ride. It was him down the sideline, um, just making guys look silly. Uh, the end zone fade against Yamador Lenore was. Filthy, like him at the line of scrimmage, gave him a little head fake. Poor rookie man. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, being a day three rookie and first scrimmage in front of what, like 19,000 fans? And your first goal line rep is against George Kittle, who is like, what? He's like 6'4, 250 or whatever. Um, right. And his fucking DB coach is like, your feet better be at the goal line. Like, you better not back up. And I'd be like, I'm going to stand at the back of the end zone I know. <laughs> and I'll come up and I'll make it play because like, God, like you have nowhere to go, man. And if if someone like George Kittle for a genuine DB that you'd want to create space, like you don't want him to get on you because he's six, five and 250 pounds. And 
you're at the goal line. You have no choice. You have he, no. Yeah, so he lost Yamador Lenore, but I mean, he's been making plays the last few days. He just looks really good, unless he's going against the George Kittle stopper, Tavon Wilson, which we all suspected. Uh, that has been something to see. Like Wilson looks really good, like surprisingly good in a. It's almost like too good to be true. Where well, I mean, he. It's like the absolute epitome of seizing an opportunity. You have a, a veteran safety who could just as easily have been on the way out, but 49ers signed him. Jaquiski Tart hasn't been in the game. He was on the COVID list, and now he's on the PUP list, I believe. And Out for six games. Right. And so, I mean, is, is, his, is, it, is it his starting spot to lose? Yeah, he was everything that I think I hoped Tony Jefferson to be. So Tony Jefferson, he had an interception on Sunday, but uh, he has not looked good. He has been beaten deep in practice with the twos or the three. Like that's who Lance was really bombing on um, when you're reading these reports. Like he was, it's because Tony Jefferson was giving up these big plays, and he just looks like he can't really run anymore. Hopefully, he's still getting his legs up underneath him, and you know he's going to wear off some of that rust as the preseason goes along, but. Yeah, Taven Wilson, man, he looks like a guy that, uh, like, he's making plays underneath. He's making plays in the line of scrimmage, and he's just not really giving up anything. I think the most impressive part about him, though, is when they go one-on-ones, he's locking up George Kittle. Like, he looks like a, one of the only guys on the team you would trust guarding Kittle. And sure, Kittle gets his, you know, some catches on him, but Kittle does that for everybody. But uh, it's just been it's been surprising to see how successful Wilson has been. So I want to pump the brakes on him until I see him in a game when it's live because it does feel too good to be true. But if he is as good as he's been in practice, then they are going to be lights out on that side of the ball. You kind of have the same feelings towards uh, Trent Sherfield? Yeah, so he's he's not going away, I think is the best way to describe him. You would think that, okay, it was a fluke one day. Uh, he does it again. Okay, there's three days in a row. All right, and what's going on here? Because whenever they throw him the ball – like he makes a strong catch. He looks like he's in a good position to make something happen after the catch. He's winning, like I mentioned, he's winning underneath. He's winning in the intermediate part, and he's also getting open deep. So, um, if he gets, I imagine he'll be the he'll be working with Trey Lance. So he's going to be a probably an RPO god during the preseason, <laughs> and he's going to rack up a bunch of yards. And, and see, even running those type of routes, he's going to look maybe better than he is. But um, he, he gets open, and you can't, you know, you can't hate on that. So he's making the team for sure. Well, and the cool thing about that I like about Trent Sherfield is it's not like he, like, there's a good chance that he's always been a good receiver that really just never got a chance to to gain some traction is Arizona. Like you have Larry Fitzgerald, you have Christian Kirk, um, Hopkins. Yeah, now you have DeAndre Hopkins and you have AJ Green. So it's and then you know who did they have? Who was the speedy guy they had for a while? It wasn't John, was it John Brown? No, it was who was the fast dude they had for a while? They did have John Brown. It was John Brown. He had a decent year with them, right? Like okay. Then they draft. They've been drafting receivers early too, like Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella, so, right? Um, it's Keyshawn Johnson, him, Fresno State, baby. Let's hey, go. Um, I think with Trent Sherfield. If you kind of watch him during Arizona, they only use him on like go routes, like run guys off. And you're seeing now that he's more than that. And he's not going to be, you know, the most precise underneath route runner, but he knows how to get open. And I, I really think there's a, there's a lot of strength in him that, like, he's a big dude. He's a solid dude. So 
he, he's going to be able to help in a lot a lot more than I think that they anticipated. So it'll be fun to see him, Sanu, and you know if we get Jalen Hurd up and running anytime soon, to because uh, he's still like they're still not really uh, letting him do much of anything. Even so, he's in team drills, like he's doing team drills, but still more backside, still you know kind of running away from the action. So he's he caught his first pass, which was like whoa, unicorn sighting. Um, <laughs> But it was just like a curl route. But he, he at, in his defense, he created a ton of separation. So uh, he has a chance to have a big preseason as well. Essentially, the second team, knowing that Lance is going to get a lot of run, the receivers have to be chomping at the bit for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Is there any way to know with the Jalen Hurd? Is is he underperforming or are they taking it easy on him? Like, is he not doing much because he's not doing his job? And it's you know. I wouldn't necessarily blame him for that because the dude's been through the ringer the past couple of years, or is it? Or are they just easing him into action? I really think it's the latter, because um, when when they do when he does have an opportunity, like you can watch him just run routes against guys and see that he is getting open, but he's just kind of on the backside and not really getting looks at all. Like they're they're literally not looking his way. So I don't know if they're going out of his way. Um, he looks like he's in good shape. He looks like he's trim. Okay. He looks like he. Uh, you know, he, he didn't add any quarantine weight. <laughs> Which, um, Wish I could say the same. <laughs> I know all of us. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be worried about him at all, I guess would be the easiest way to put it. He's going to be good. He's going to be able to make plays for them. I don't know what his role is yet because seeing him work on the backside, like he doesn't seem like a guy that, you know, you would put out there at X as your ISO receiver because that is Ayuk's land. So he's not going to move out of that role. Uh so he's probably going to be like that bigger slot guy, um, but he ha- he has been working at you know Z too. So it just depends. And the good news with all these receivers, so whether it's Ayuk, Debo, Sherfield, um, mostly Sanu, and then Hurd, they can play each of each position. So there will be a lot of movement too at the same time. Yeah, man. I mean, it, I think that Trent Sherfield's emergence, if the 49ers coaching staff feels the same way about it as like you do, then maybe that puts a little bit of a stunt on how much they could use Jalen Hurd. But at the same time, there's a difference in uh, expectation and willingness to put someone out there with a third round pick of your own organization than a free agent signed from the Arizona Cardinals to a one year deal. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the best player should play, period. That's the person that should be on the field. But when it comes to the, polit- the, the roster politics, if if Jalen Hurd is anywhere near Trent Sherfield in the minds of the 49ers coaching staff, then you have to assume that Jalen Hurd is going to be the one to trot out there, right? Oh, 100%. And that's how most organizations work, so I get it. But, I mean, Hurd is your guy. Like, your Hurd is a bigger investment and. Shanahan has gone out of his way to mention that. So I, I imagine they will ease him more just to make sure he gets through the preseason. And once we get to the regular season, that's when we'd have an idea of or just, you know, about whether what they think of Jalen Hurd. Because once regular season hits, you know, we'll have a good idea. And right. even in even with uh, if the Chargers game, which is the second preseason game, if that's the dress rehearsal and we are seeing, you know, Trent Sherfield run with the ones and Jalen Hurd still running with the twos, that would probably be, you know, a big indictment. But if, if he's mixed in with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe that's a good idea of he's progressing further along and, you know, that they, they do have intentions or a plan 
of what to do with her. But I, I do think you are right that, you know, third round pick, uber talented dude. They're going to give him an opportunity over Sherfield, which even if it's not fair, that's just how this business works, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, there is an element of, of, of unfairness to it. But at the same time, like no one ever said shit was supposed to be fair in, in a business that in the end revolves around money, winning and money, you know, so it, it is what it is. But just some last couple little notes, I guess. Uh, did you get to see Emmanuel Mosley practice? I did, yeah. He uh, he broke up the first pass his way on Friday, and he just always seems to be in phase, man. He's a good cornerback, I think. I kind of asked him about, hey, how easy is it for you to, you know, kind of throw away what happened last year because he was in and out of the lineup, and that that's not easy for a cornerback. So he, he made it sound like he was past that mentally. He kind of just chalked it up like that was that, and he's on to this year. But he's going to have a lot better pass rushers to work with, and he's going to have a strong – like everybody on the defense is good. So knowing that, uh, he doesn't seem like he's going to be you know that weakling. But, again, he's going to have to go against some tough wideouts. So we'll, we shall see. But early indications are that Mosley's really good. But at the same time, it was really good against Ayuk last year in preseason. Right. Yeah. It, it just seemed last year just seemed a little weird for him. Like I don't know. And and we've seen the same thing from now Seattle Seahawk uh, Killer Witherspoon. You know, there were times where Akella Witherspoon just looked insanely good on the field, but he also seemed like somebody who might have been in his head from time to time. And not to mention, you know, he went through some injuries. You know, there was just stuff happening around him that he didn't necessarily have control of. And and I could just see, like you just mentioned, that your mental state probably has a lot to do with how you play that position. Seriously, think about it. Yeah, maybe more so than maybe every other position but corner. You know, like – or excuse me, quarterback. You can't hide when you get beaten at cornerback. Like everybody in the stadium knows it's on you, and you have to you have to be able to wipe that from your memory and go do it on the very next play. And the offense is probably going to target you because they know that. Yeah, it's it's just a very interesting. It's just a ruthless position, man. It is like it's it's as much of like kill or be killed position as as any other position in the NFL. So it's. Uh, it's just it's cool to think about man like and that's the big thing with me when it comes to like training camp highlights or being at training camp i always feel so bad when people are like oh when like a db breaks up a pass or intercepts it and they're like man what a crappy throw or you know why what a crappy route and it's like man give the db some credit because those guys right they have they are there to essentially take it on the chin as many times as they have to without going down so it's, the worst uh, is when, you know, especially now, and the 49ers and 49ers fans aren't the only ones who do this, but uh, there are a ton of highlight clips going around, and most of them happen in one-on-ones. There's there's no way that that's fair for the DB in a one-on-one situation. Like, I beat a guy deep, or who else? Like, Sherfield. Sherfield beat a guy deep on a slot fade in one-on-ones. He has the entire freaking field to work with. Uh, man, just, <laughs> it's so tough for these dudes, man. It is. It really, really is. It's it's one on ones is the absolute worst. It's just like no pass rush. Have all the time you want. Just run a triple move, and we'll be good. We'll be good. Hate it. And then, kind of the last thing we should probably touch on is we've got Eric Armstead, Samson Ebukam, uh, Zizal Shire, who's apparently on his way back. Seems like 
quicker, at least quicker than they thought. He apparently, he's he's reportedly already on the side of the field, kind of working out, moving pretty well, which um, is a good thing because he was playing very well. Yeah, so that's that's good. I know they expected him to be like maybe like two or three weeks, and it sounds like it might be a lot less, um, which is sidebar. Good. Yep, linebackers. Jonas Griffith is a name to keep an eye on because he has earned some first-team reps. I know that's not popular to talk about because it's not a quarterback, but he looks very, very good early on, and he's kind of snatched some reps from Demetrius Flanagan Foles, who did not practice on Sunday, so Griffith got reps there, but Griffith was already practicing with the first team. I feel like that should be noted, but he's made plays, and they've given him opportunity. I think that's really cool to see. Jonas Griffith is a big-ass dude. Yes, he is very large, and he can hit, but he can run a little bit too, which is cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, if the 40 – not that Jonas Griffith is going to be this, but if the 49ers somehow have two middle linebackers that are both fast, that are 6'3 and 6'4, like that's going to cause some problems. Now, again, we're talking about an undrafted guy who's just you know trying to make his way up the ladder. And you don't just become a Fred Warner uh, overnight or in one training camp. But that would just be a weird thing. Like the linebackers are like bigger than some of the defensive linemen. So it's like <laughs> as a quarterback, you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? I can't see over these guys. Just blitz them all, Ryan's. Right. So that would be an interesting thing. That would be an interesting thing. But I mean – if Jonas Griffith is going to get burned with the first team, let's say it maybe translates into the preseason with the starters. Is that at the expense of Dre Greenlaw or is that in like sub packages? Has Dre Greenlaw been showing out at camp? I really have heard like nothing about him. Yeah, he he makes a few plays here and there during practice. He slips blocks. So once Aziz Ashire went out, Dre Greenlaw went from Will to Sam, so that's probably why. So it's it's not easy to make position or to make plays at that position since you're pretty much set in the edge. So Greenlaw went to Sam and Flanagan Foles went to Will, which was the same for Griffith, I believe. So that's why you're not hearing about Greenlaw, who when he was playing Will, uh, he was beating Trent Williams. He was slipping under blocks for the right guard, I believe it was, a few times here and there. Uh, yeah, Greenlaw is fine. Nothing, uh, no issues with Greenlaw. Uh, who I think is more of a, a game kind of guy anyway. And then, so with the Armstead and Ebicom stuff, they just said Armstead's like groin soreness. It's already been reported that he was like working out on the side field. Doesn't sound like it's anything serious, right? I mean, Shanahan said himself that he was, they were kind of just being careful, yeah? Yeah, so he, he has been out for a few days though, but yeah, there's no real reason for him to practice at this time, right? Like he knows everything. You know what you're getting with Eric Armstead. Uh, there's no real um what can he gain by pushing it early? So, yeah, take all the time you need, man. Don't come back to week one if that's what you need. Right, all right. So, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think we've, anything you got in your back pocket that we haven't talked about? No, man. I mean, it, it's it does get repetitive a little bit because you're starting to see the same things with guys going against the same person every play and knowing that this is a scripted practice. So, I think it, we saw enough. You know, we, we got a – we got to see all the players. We got to see the matchups. So I think it's it's time to uh, to get onto a new team and uh, see what the 49ers can do against a team like the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. So if you didn't catch that during the podcast um, or earlier in the podcast, 49ers Chiefs this Saturday, 5.30 p.m. 
And that is the – we just got through the last week without 49ers football until – I mean, there's is there a little break in between? Yeah, there's one week in between week three of the preseason and the regular season, right? I think there's two since it's um, one of the one of the Forty Nineers for the Raiders. The week, yeah, the Raiders is August 29th, and then Week One is is um, the fourteenth September twelfth. Twelfth. Okay. So I yeah, think there's right. technically two weeks in between them. So that will leave you with one week without a football game. So I can't say that this is the last week without Forty Nineers football because there's going to be one right there. So facts matter. Um, yeah, they're bye week in Week Six. So I mean, we're in it. We're here. We're here. This is. Uh, I mean, I guess those there's always those weirdos that say Sunday is the first day of the week. Nobody ever really thinks like that, though. So right. technically, we're in 40, 49ers football begins this week. So it took me all that time to say that. That was my point, was that 49ers football starts this week. So Chiefs, 530 at Levi's Stadium. Some of you are going. That's going to be fun as hell. First game back inside the stadium. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Um, if you're not, just make sure you're watching it. 5.30, it's going to be on NFL Network. I'm just, whatever. You, you all know how to watch football games. You know, <laughs> Google is your friend. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting, man. And it's the Chiefs. We'll get to see the Chiefs you know, for, a, for a brief amount of time. I'm, I'm sure we'll see the 49ers starters versus the Chiefs starters. And then they'll go away very fast, and it'll be a preseason game. So, But it, on that note, just having the Hall of Fame game last weekend was awesome. Just to see like, football game, man. Not last weekend, on Thursday. Yeah, dude, I turned it up. And, like, obviously it's not necessarily, like, you can't really watch a preseason game like that nonstop because it's just a little rough. But at the same time, like, just hearing football, you're like, yes. We're back. Feels good. It does, man. It does. It does. It does. So, all right. You good? You good, KP? I'm good, man. All right, we're good. Hey, y'all are good too. Thank you for supporting Striking Gold. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending us tweets and all the random little comments. I love it. I love it. I love it. Keep listening. Keep hitting us up. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, commenting, subscribing, downloading, all that good stuff. Follow KP on Twitter at KP underscore show. Follow me on Twitter if you're really into that sort of thing, at Rob underscore louder. Um, you already know what it is. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob. That's KP. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details